Welcome to the B-Sides and Beers podcast. Hello. All right. Uh, welcome to episode nine of B-Sides and Beers podcast. Tonight we're talking about... Uh, Kid A by Radiohead. It's the 2000 follow-up to OK Computer. Uh, what are we drinking tonight, guys? I'll, I'll start. I've got a Corona because it is hot as F out. And that's all I could think about. It's just a cold Corona. <laughs> <laughs> good call. Good call. I kind of went the, the same path with that one with a Newcastle. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, a little bit of Newcastle brown ale. I only really drink it during the summer, so. And we are definitely in the heart here. of the hot. It's tough to find here. I can't always get Newcastle. Yeah, it is. It is kind of, kind of sparse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going back to the the Phillips Brewing and Malting Company, and I'm drinking the raspberry wheat ale. <laughs> So that is a uh, brewed with BC raspberries. It has a big berry aroma with a bold juiciness and a medium body that finishes dry and crisp. Explodes in your mouth. Oh, wow. <laughs> <sighs> it is good. I had one before, but this is uh, number is two. That, is that a sour? Is it like a sour tasting beer, Mike? No, it's pretty sweet, oh, okay. actually. It tastes, yeah, it tastes really good. Like, you can only kind of drink one. Like, you don't want to pound these. Yeah. Yes. Right on. Um, let's jump right in, shall we? Um, I chose this album um, as part of my top 10 list. And to be honest, I could probably put it into my top three list as well if I wanted to move it in. Um I um I came I, I guess I came to Radiohead and like uh right after Pablo Honey kind of right when the Benz came out and that's when I got my first Radiohead CD and then that was kind of where it kicked off and then then I kind of wrote it into OK Computer and OK Computer was awesome and then I got to Kid A and then kind of changed everything for me. So um, I guess the the biggest thing for me on this album and this as a band uh, to be able to pretty much do a complete 180 with instruments and, and, you know, different sounds that you're not used to and you haven't tried before and completely, you know, own it pretty much right and mm -hmm. uh the product that comes out of it is um you know in my opinion one of the finest albums that was ever made out of many many albums that i've had a chance to listen to so that's why it's in my top 10 that's why it's probably in my top three but um yeah that's kind of the intro and the reason why so nice, nice. what uh what, what do you guys got what did you guys find Go ahead. Well, for for me, with my my entry into Radiohead, it was it was OK Computer. Uh, that was the very first first offering I got from them, and then just kind of backtracked from there and uh, got super obsessed with them 
started purchasing their anything I could find from Japanese import singles to to really anything I could find, specialty DVDs. Um, and sorry to interrupt you, but we've yeah. talked about this recently that you can now, which is so, you know, incredible that you can mm-hmm. just find these things on Spotify or like Apple music, like these Japanese imports, they're all yep. just like right there now. Right. Like something that was so difficult to track down and like so rare and like, yeah, now yeah. it's just like mm, play. It's nuts. <laughs> you go from having a uh, pride in a collection and taking years to search these things out and you know spending 40 50 bucks for a import single or you know some yeah. some crazy you know one-off vinyl and now it's it's nothing yeah i mean it's still you still have the physical thing right i guess you still you know if you still own that right oh, yeah. but I got you gotta store still, it but yeah 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 it kind of takes the magic away a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a tad just yep. the dad. I mean, it's cool that it's right there and you don't have to go back to it, but yeah, I, yeah. I hear you. It's difficult because um, I collect vinyl and um, for me, it's really gotten me into a lot of bands that I never, you know, gave a chance before. And um, the problem is like when you have or had a Radiohead CD, for example, it's hard to justify spending like 35 bucks on a vinyl copy of like Kid A, it's going to be awesome for sure. And it's like you get that anticipation of taking it home and unpackaging it and whatever, putting it on your your record player. But it's expensive. And it's hard to justify that when you can just like go on uh, Spotify, you know? So, yeah, right. it's a tough one. And it, yeah. And if you already have the the CD or some sort of uncompressed audio, the the sound is better on that than vinyl anyway. So, mm, yeah, I mean, depends who you ask, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a debate in itself. Yeah. I, I, but, you know, what's funny is, dude, I mean, does do you have does anybody have Kid A on record? I don't have Kid A on record. No. OK, I do. Yeah. I do. So I was one of those guys, but I, here's the interesting thing about it is it, it came in two, uh, 10 inch vinyls. So they're like kind of mini sized almost. Yeah. And then it, uh, 45s you mean it splits it up. No, like t- they're like 10 inches. Like they're like a little bit smaller than the full like size the record price record size. Remember the <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two songs per side and that's what makes it so cool because it's almost like listening to this album in acts for me. Right. I put it on again for the first time in a while just this week. So I could kind of refresh my memory on some stuff and I, I listened to this in like these kind of four separate acts because I had to turn it over and listen to four sides, right? And it just kind of worked, like maybe even better than me listening to it on CD or on, you know, Spotify. Yeah, well, so, that that's the deal with, with OK Computer and Kid A. Uh, everything Radiohead previous, you could pick out a single that you loved. But with yeah. these with these albums, I I can't approach them as a song by song basic, you know basis. You have to, it, it's a front to back listen. That's so true. It has to be. You you have it to be in the space be. yep. because it it unlike most albums, it kind of 
it takes you on a journey and it it's you know one song is nothing without the the next or the previous right so yeah no i totally agree with that you can't just throw that in your playlist and have that pop up you know <laughs> in the middle of nowhere i don't think that's not how that goes for no. me at least when i dive into it i'm into it so uh, <laughs> out of nowhere uh, morning bell pops up or uh uh yeah. tree fingers and you're like yes i love this jam no it's not like that yeah <laughs> yeah um can we go can we go track by track a little bit on this are you guys cool with yeah, that we'll follow your lead go for it okay okay uh i mean you know first of all this is like sheer brilliance in my opinion i'm sorry i don't want to pour it on too thick but like this pour is, it on i agree with you you know it's it's just it's bonkers how crazy it is you know like i found out too that the everything in its right places in 10 for time oh yeah like and then you start count you start counting that and you count the 10 like sequence and it all repeats again and just does it again and again like that like it's just it's crazy uh so i like that and then i i looked it up because i always wanted to know what kind of synthesizer he used on that yep and uh, it's a Prophet Five okay. synthesizer, made in like 1978, and it had like originally had ten sounds in it, but it like overheated, and they had to make the Prophet Ten like four years later. Wow! But they came out with the Prophet Five, and it has these five sound uh, sounds, and I I watched a couple videos just on like the like demo on it. And just the coolest sounds, like you know something it feels like you can't. Repro reproduce that i don't know where it's at though like i'm not i'm kind of out of touch with like keyboards now like it feels like they probably can emulate anything now and oh. maybe i'm just being naive well it, it definitely i mean with with all the the software out there and plugins they'll they'll have you know if, if it's a popular enough sound they're gonna they're gonna find one that works well and then reproduce it so yeah yeah. And you know what? It's so funny. You sent me that uh much music. Yeah, yeah. Uh kid A thing and it I I I I'm I swear to you, I was looking for that for years and I could never remember where I saw that performance <laughs> of this song Everything in its right place. Like I could I remember seeing the lights flashing on that video and that you couldn't see like anybody in the band. And I was like, where did I want to, I want to find that again. Like the, the crazy but, top down camera angles and yeah. 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 And the one that's hosted by Sukyun Lee. Sukyun Lee. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool going back and I totally thank you for sending me that. Cause I, it was like a long lost thing. I think I had it on much music and taped it. And then like somebody taped over it or something like that. Right. Like, yeah, I had it on VHS as well taped and, and you, you, you get into a lot of, a lot of the older Radiohead interviews. And this is, I think this is one of the best ones that I've seen because it's so kind of yeah. intimate and it's in her apartment and, you know, she's a very yeah, good interviewer as well. So it just, it was, it was so smooth and you could tell that, that Tom wasn't, uh, wasn't on edge at all. He just felt comfortable and open with everything and, you know, yeah. going into the, the part where he's sitting at the piano and the piano sounds like crap and he's, he's mocking her for it. And I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah it feels like that kind of interview doesn't happen anymore like those mm -hmm. kind of that style right yep um um 
so yeah, that Prophet Five, and then I was kind of looking up some of the lyrics based on you know just talking more about lyrics and stuff like that. And I the when he says like um, uh, we woke up sucking a lemon, yeah. he said that uh, that was just like the face that you make when you're sucking a lemon. That was like the face that he woke up with every single day for three years. Just in the sour to his yeah, just the sour like towards society and everything else. He's like that was that was what it was. So. Um, well, a lot of that was yeah. very anti what they did during the tours for OK Computer, where they were just so done with it. And that's where the the sour taste, you know, the, the sour kind of comes from where they were done with it. They wanted nothing to do with that genre style, guitar driven thing. So um, Kid A was, was very much a, a complete restart of their entire you know their their entire career music music path anyway so and it was just kind of cool with the the lyrics for it where tom basically didn't want to do he didn't want to sing on it so it, it's more of a he, mo- he used it more so as an electronic vocal uh instrument than uh hey i'm a singer right yeah and the and the lyrics on it were very uh he, he would take bits and pieces and just kind of mix and match them together to uh like just randomly cut up words and throw them in just to get the the timing and spacing of it but they don't really mean anything for the most part yeah yeah i I saw that and i and that's they said the talking heads used to do that too yeah yeah and just cut up like random words and like phrases that they like and then just throw them in the hat and then pull out ones together and be like oh this sounds cool together like yeah let's do it this one right like so yeah anyways that the first anyways the first song just kind of sets the whole tone for me for that album like it just that opening keyboard part just kind of puts my mind at ease yeah you know what i mean just kind of sets the mood you're you're going on a trip yeah uh i really like the fact that this band went with a completely like new set of instruments and like basically ditched the instruments, right? Yep. Um, and he said, Tom York said that he quoted this thing from Tom Waits, uh, and I thought it was awesome. And it will, and it goes, ignorance of instruments gives inspiration. Right. And I'm like, that is fantastic. I'm like, you think about the very first time you hop on a weird instrument that you've always wanted to try or something like that. And you get a chance to finally play one, whatever it is, right? And in some way, whatever you create, because you have no idea how to play it, you create something amazing out of it, it right? It like that's usually what happens. Else. Yeah, spark yeah. something else. Because you've got other musical talents elsewhere too, right? But yeah. Anyways, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, sorry, just, Dane. I'm, I'm, if you want to jump in there, I'm sorry. I'm kind of talking over everybody. Here. Not at all. No, I'm uh, happily listening along here. I don't. I. I, I was. <laughs> into radiohead i was more into like the the uk sort of brit pop thing so i was were you like a pulp guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah man Is it, was that the boys who love girls who love girls who love boys no that's oh, blur that's right that was more of a blur fan. yeah that was yeah it was blur against pulp yeah uh <laughs> no but um i think 
being younger, this was definitely a departure from uh, the OK Computer kind of style, which I really loved. I loved that album. And for me, this one was a bit hard to digest. And maybe it was just me being young and not having the patience or not having the uh, aptitude to understand what was going on. I knew it was like layered and, and something that was special, but I don't know. It just never really grabbed me. And um, it is different now for sure. I mean, I've been listening to it a little bit uh, recently and um, it is, it's like, it's everything that you're saying. And especially like you mentioned the, um, that quote from Tom Waits and uh, mm -hmm. I'm just looking here and it, it took them 18 months to record this. So, I mean, that's a long time, yeah. especially when you're, you know, reworking your sound and the way and your, your entire workflow. Right. So I think that yeah. does make it even more special. So, but, uh, but they did manage to they did manage to record a lot of songs in that. I For mean, sure. they, yeah. they it took them it took them a while to get going, and uh, they went from recording as a full unit to, I guess, separating into smaller groups. That, you know that would do their individual writing and then bring things to the group and kind of mix and match sort of uh, separately. And, uh, and yeah, sorry to interrupt you there, Mike, but I always, okay, go ahead. I always wondered that I always wondered, like, was this Tom York or was this Radiohead? I think this was mostly yeah. a push by Tom because yeah. he was just tired of doing everything they did before. And he wanted, uh, you know, a complete 180 on, on what they were doing. And it was kind of cool that they took snippets of past ideas uh, from from what they did with OK Computer and kind of brought it over to Kid A, but not real directly. If you look at uh, uh, Idiotech, uh, you probably wouldn't have Idiotech if it uh, you know if if they didn't mess around with drum machines on Airbag, right? Yeah. Or you mm -hmm. know the the synths on uh, Subterranean. Uh, you know they're they're very. They're, they're brought to the forefront kind of with uh, everything in the right in everything in its right place uh, the the whole happier fitter the the sort of robotic speech um, it, yeah. it kind of it kind of adds to the whole uh, the whole um, eerie instrumental breaks right yeah. in in kid a so they they kind of brought that atmospheric weird part over but they they got rid of the guitars for the most part or changed them to do something different not just blaring guitar riffs or using different guitar pedals and echoes and delays to to build their soundscapes it's more of a um how can i use this guitar to do something completely different uh you look at i'm skipping ahead here on the tracks but uh if you look at uh tree fingers was uh, it was basically um what was it uh O'Brien was, was was taking his guitar, guitar loops. Yeah, his his guitar loops. So he played guitar, took these guitar loops and put it through uh, digital processing, and then layered that with different uh, heavily modified effects, and came out with that sound. When you listen to it, it doesn't sound like guitars at all. But that's you know what he took that main. Uh, introductory introductory idea and change it into something completely different. Yeah. 
I the, the going back to Idiotech there. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, Johnny Greenwood gave Tom York a this song from 1973. It was a 50 minute song, and it was mostly like uh, sounds, like just kind of like soundscapes almost, right? Like uh, lots of beeps and bops and stuff like that too. Right. Um, and Tom York listened to it and said, yeah, like it's cool and everything, but he's like, there's one chord progression that I like. And he's like, I think oh, that's the one we're going to take. So he like called this guy up and asked him for the rights. And the guy was like, yeah, absolutely. You can take it. <laughs> and uh, so that chord progression in Idiotech on the synth is taken from this. When you, when you listen to it, the original, you can hear it. It's got it time stamped in there. It's like at 25 seconds, you can hear that that chord progression. He only took that and then just went with it. And that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, just some cool nerdy things about this album, I guess. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what this whole least. album is all about: is the nerdy things. Yeah, um, I like. I, I'm just writing down random stuff here and that I found too. So, I, Michael Stipe said that. Uh, that Radiohead is no one's lap dogs, which I liked. And the last part of that is that he said it's nice. It's not easy to listen only to yourself and act accordingly, which is basically what Radiohead has always done, right? And that's listen to only themselves and to act accordingly in order to make yourself still relevant in today's society where you can just go and headline Bonnaroo or Coachella <laughs> or whatever you want to go and headline, right? Like they can get anywhere, any bill right now, right? And they've been around forever. Well, they, they basically chose their own audience. They're, they're one of the few bands that say, okay, well, for the most part, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm making this and I'm putting it out to certain uh, certain corners of the market and if you dig it you dig it if you don't you don't and it's amazing how many people got it and followed and and even the the change from the earlier guitar driven very radio uh not radio friendly but radio uh, format to yeah. you know going from from pablo honey and uh yeah, I can't listen from, to that album either. Well, no, Pablo Honey is yeah, hard. There's tough. a couple songs I like, but for the most part, I mean, you go from Pablo Honey to the Benz, and those are very similar. And then the huge jump two years later to OK Computer, which had still had the guitar elements, but you could tell they were they were really trying to change things up. And then you get to to Kid A, and it's it's a complete reimagining. Yeah, and it's kind of cool too because I mean, all those guys that you're talking about that kind of too, Dane, that like they just basically come to work and they're like, you're no longer playing the bass. Yeah. Like you don't, <laughs> you're not doing that anymore, right? And like, okay, well, thanks. Like, here's a th synthesizer. Go come up with some <laughs> shit and come back, right? Like, I don't know. I, I'm assuming that's how it went, right? But. You know, they said too that let's once you lose the stigma of your own instrument and you like let that go and let it, then they said everything else opens up. So I thought that was kind of cool too. Yeah, uh, but I've always wondered like who was driving the bus and like oh, it gotta be yeah, Tom York and um, you know, yeah. uh, 
I, I always, uh, it's funny because I remember being younger and, and kind of feeling sorry for the other guys in the band. Cause I was like, are they, are they even doing anything anymore? But, um, <laughs> you know, obviously it was, but you know what, the, the, even the Tom York solo stuff though, pales in comparison to anything that Radiohead does, right? Like his solo stuff is not, I mean, it's, it's an okay listen, but it's not something I'd throw on on a regular yeah. basis, I guess. I, I did see some parallels with uh, Adams for Peace with this mm-hmm. album. Uh, and, yeah. and that's why I was like, oh, this is this. Is this even a Radiohead album? Is Kid A a Tom York album? And um, mm-hmm. is there a reason why they called it Radiohead and, and not Kid A or some other kind of band name? But yeah, it's interesting to see... Yeah. Um, this complete change. And then, you know, the rest of the guys in the band obviously are following suit and doing other things, but um, yeah, Uh, I, I, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's an interesting, like as a guy coming in and just saying like, here's like, it's our band, but here's like the direction that we're going now. Like, let's all just ditch these instruments and like, you know, let's all pick up synthesizers and let's create something. Right. Like, I think it's pretty, you know, presumptuous to assume that everybody would be okay with that. But I mean, at the same time, like maybe they are all on board, right? I, I read too that they said that if they didn't, at the end of this album, if they got to the end of it and they didn't like, any, they didn't like the outcome of the album, that they would break up and that would be it. They said that they that would be that they all agreed to that before the recording kid A. because they're like, if this sucks, we get we get to the end of it and it sucks and we don't want to release it we're breaking up and we're just going to throw this thing out and everybody's like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, well, they're, they're all artists. Cool. They're, they're all individual artists though, too. It's not like I'm just a, I'm just a bass player. I'm just a guitar player. You know, yeah. when you look at Johnny Greenwood, you look at Ed O'Brien and the, the things that they do with effects and with creating soundscapes. And you look at Johnny Greenwood with all his side projects with his, uh, uh symphonic soundtracks and he does um oh the, the janoon album man is so good yeah 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 janoon is uh, i've got that on vinyl too that's fantastic yeah so i mean all, all the side stuff he does is you know fr- pretty well sounds nothing like radiohead so it's kind of cool that that e- even if you throw all these guys in a room and you say okay we're changing instruments here's some other things here's some different synths here's some drum machines here's some whatever they're they're able to 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 make art out of it right yeah 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 and and that sort of makes the 18 months seem short (laughs) if you think about Mm -hmm. it you have (laughs) bands coming in and and like they've been playing their instrument for however long and then now it's like this total revamp and you know a year and a half is like okay well you gotta learn how to play it learn what you're doing (laughs) be confident in it, ex- yeah. execute it. That could take you over a year easily. And, yeah. Like most bands, will, most bands will come into the studio and they already have most of the songs for, you know, written or yeah. so, but that's sort of me as like a, I'll just call myself like a naive, naive Radiohead fan. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it does sound like the album is more of a process than like a finished piece. Definitely. Which Definitely. also yeah. makes it now I'm a bit older. I can appreciate that, right? It's more of um, uh, a personal look into the band, 
if you will. Yeah, and I think it shows too that like they don't accept like anything that they're not going to be happy with, right? And I think that that's maybe part of the reason why it takes so long too because I think everybody's pretty picky and I think especially Tom York is super picky. So, you know, that's why there's so many B-sides and like, you know, stuff that comes out of this because they just don't make the cut, right? Like, I mean, they were going to do a double album on this for Kid A and decided against it. And when you listen to Amnesiac on its own, it makes complete sense that that album needs to be separated, right? Like, yeah. they figured, they knew that those songs were not, did not belong on that album. And, you know, even, it feels like even some of those B-sides off of, uh, uh, what are those ones, Mike? You had them. Uh, the, what album was that from? drew blank there yeah uh, uh maybe it was in rainbows in rainbows that's what it was it was those four like b-sides off of in rain uh, in rainbows was that Anyways. in rainbows or hell to the thief oh maybe now can't remember but anyways think, they just yeah. they, it feels like they again kind of figured it out that they had all these different versions of these songs but what they picked to go in there and what they were okay with, I think is the reason maybe why it took so long. Cause I read that too. It took them like six months or eight months to do six songs. Like, well, it was kind of cool because they had morning bell on, on kid a, and then they had a different version of it on amnesiac. So, I mean, it's a good enough <laughs> yeah. song that they put it on both albums just as a, a different spin to it. So, I, to be, I'll be honest. I didn't figure that out till like probably ten years ago. I was like, <laughs> I swear I've heard this song, man. How come it's like every time I hear it, it sounds different? Like I can't figure it out. <laughs> it took me that that long, so I didn't. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, and then I read too. They brought this to the record company, and like they were expecting like the Jesse and the Rippers rock show and they listen to track one, no guitars, track two, no <laughs> guitars, track three, no guitars. So they're like, they said they started sweating and they're like, what is this? Like, we can't sell this. Like, you know, there's nothing here. And they were like, yeah, well, right. Well, track three had guitars. Uh, yeah, like a fuzz bass, and that's about it. Oh. <laughs> that's the only huge thing that departure. Was in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Going back to that, yeah, Kid A, it's like a for me, it's like a lullaby. Uh, I used to listen to this album when I was. It was like a must listen when I was on a plane. Every single yep. time I got into a plane, I would throw this album on, and it would just kind of trip me out while I was like looking outside and like. You know, I don't know what it was when you're flying at night and listening to this album. It was just like, yeah, it just puts you in a different state, I think. <laughs> so I, I just think it kind of falling asleep by the time Kid A kind of rolling around the corner too, right? And then you'd wake up for the national anthem. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I talked about the national anthem before too with the crazy uh, sax solo and the, the horn section, which I, I love. I love that whole traffic jam sound that well, they created yeah. at the end of that. Yeah, it's so cool that they, they took jazz and ambient techno and, you know, electronic jam and and just kind of threw them all together into this, right? Yeah, and you know what you guys should do? It, it, takes, it, it takes like a couple seconds to do, but you should go back to every single, like, last... I don't know, 20 seconds of every song yep. and just listen to the, just listen to the endings of every single song on this album and just take the endings in, give it 30 seconds on each. 
hmm. and talk to me about a, a, a side off the podcast. I like to hear more about those endings because they still blow my mind. So just do do your do me a favor and listen to thirty seconds at the end of each track and just hear what goes down. I'll do it. Sure. Put on your best headphones. <laughs> Is this just like listening to the the layers and how they're all sort of finishing up or is yeah it- yeah and like what they're doing and what they started to do like even a minute ago that they are just finishing up now at the end like it's it's kind of yeah it, how it all kind of comes together and how each one is separate and different on the endings there is no like you know set ending on any of these songs you just gotta check it out all right cool see what you can find yes did you uh in your digging did you find uh did you find where the name kid a came from the only thing that i've ever know oh the only thing i've ever known i didn't listen or uh, check that out this time but i've only heard that that was supposed to be like the first human clone yeah so it's it's supposed to be the name of the first human clone and uh uh, I guess the 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 musical soundscape is is supposed to be the uh, the environment Kid A grew up in. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if the first human clone is already walking this earth. I don't know. I don't know if that's this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be, but yeah, that's kind of a crazy thought too. I I. I read to uh, where have I got it? Oh, this is the kitty. The whole as a, there's an album that's partly about the generation that will inherit the earth when we've wiped everything out. <laughs> there's a good thought for you. Yeah. <laughs> happy, super, super happy, positive. joy, happy, happy, joy, yeah. joy, which makes you wonder why. Uh, and again, let's go a little deeper on some of this. Cause I got two more questions for you guys too, on this. Uh, like even on number six on optimistic is this is it feels like this is sarcastic uh you know this is not truly optimistic i don't know like when you listen to the rest of this album and you listen to the lyrics and you get up to optimistic and you're like i don't believe you definitely definitely it the the whole album follows the same trajectory so it's not like you're gonna have the you know, the track six is optimistic and it's going to be a positive thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the thing too, that I just wanted to kind of talk to you guys about on this too, because I thought this was kind of neat, but he was talking about like the decision to go to electronic rather than coming from acoustic. So he's, he thought about it and thought that like at the very beginning that like electronic was like bogus almost right Hmm. like that it was fake and if you were trying to play something like that it was it was a fake right but like he talked about like the realness of each voice so like you you have like a voice that gets put into a microphone that then gets transferred to your cd that then gets transferred to your speakers that comes out right and he thought too that it was not it was it was the exact same thing with the synthesizer that exact same process would happen with a synthesizer so the realness of that instrument didn't matter right so that that kind of unlocked the whole thing and it may sound kind of you know 
cliche and kind of cheesy, but I don't know, like it was kind of cool. Like the thought of that, that, you know, you think about that, right? Cause even, you know, when you're thinking about like recording electronic drums, you're like, is this a real instrument? Like, am I, I, I really played it, but right. it's not a real kit. You know what I mean? Anyways. Well, well you guys thought of that. that with, with that too. I mean, it's, if you use the technology as a tool and not a crutch, kind of like uh, Trent Reznor does. Yeah. Instead of instead of okay, well now I don't have to learn how to play these instruments. I'm just gonna do piece by piece, and cut and paste and move with all these electronic devices and drum machines to make this this full song that only took you maybe an hour to you know to put together just because you let the computer do all the work. It's it, you you come at it as as its own instrument and it opens up different doors right i totally agree yeah and i think that that yeah like, and, and that's the that's i guess the thing that i need to even sell to myself at that point right even when we yep. started doing this and it was like i can't you told me again like 10 years ago 15 years ago maybe let's talk 20 years ago yep. that you would be recording an electronic drum kit i would tell you that you're absolutely crazy and i would never ever do it right but you know, then when you kind of realize the capability and the limitations of recording a live drum kit off the floor when you don't have right ten thousand dollars to spend on that, then it's like, you need, well, you need the right mics, the right mic placement. You need the proper room. You need someone, an engineer that knows how to set up and record a kit, a live acoustic kit properly. Or, you know, with where where you come from, most people that don't have don't have 10 grand to spend on just getting drum sounds in a studio where they can buy a, a buy an electronic kit and buy a program called Superior Drummer that has all these these hyper recorded um, drum samples from any kit to any studio to any room to any engineer doing these things and get so close um, there, there is still a difference I can tell, but it doesn't even matter anymore for the most part. I mean, if, if you think of it as a tool, you know, what's, what's gonna, what's gonna get this idea out of your head? Do you have to have an acoustic kit or can you get away with doing electronic and how many people other than you and the engineer are really going to tell me, can I throw something at the end of the day? Yes. Um, so this is, I totally agree with you. And I think like the analogy of, of a tool, um, to like, yep. let's say express yourself differently is like awesome. But, mm -hmm. um, I've been sort of interested in what can happen with those tools and specifically like the parameters that those tools create. Right. So for example, right. you have someone on, um, off topic, but here's my, my example, you have someone who's designing something in AutoCAD and you can only okay. use the tools that AutoCAD has given you and your output, your product at the end will only have those qualities where if you used a piece of paper and a pencil on your, your brain, it could be something completely different and you could have reached a whole other, you know, level of potential. And I think it's like, right. it's the same with when you take a look at and I'm kind of on like a art design, modern art trip here because I'm just actually looking at parallels between John Cage and this album. Um, 
I love John Cage. I played John Cage. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting because when you take a look at a lot of forms of modern art, when you look at a Picasso, you're like, oh, my like niece can draw this. But the thing is, like, it's drawn by a master, and Picasso knew how to do classical forms of art. He was like a master at at sketching um, portraits and things like that. And I think the same goes with people who are utilizing these these programs. I mean, you have everything at the tips of your fingers, but you got to understand how to use those tools. You got to have that foundation, that understanding. And maybe that's what people are getting at when they're saying like, is this actually like, um, valid, you know, maybe you need to go through those steps and mic up uh, a drum kit on your own to really understand the power or how to use like one of these programs that allows you to do anything. So I think it's like, right. Well, that, Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, sorry. no, I was just, uh, I was just saying that I, I think it's like, you know, you can throw everything at it, including the kitchen sink, and and you know, you could have every ability, but it still could sound like crap because you don't have that, um, that perspective the, or the that knowledge. Con- yeah, exactly. That like right. initial foundation or that context of like what, what is the idea that you're trying to express, and why are you, why are you doing it? Right. Well, the the way recording software works now, it's not quite like a CAD program where you're stuck in a box and these are your limitations and you have to follow these parameters or or you can't can't achieve the ideas you want uh, as opposed to pen and paper where you, where you can like you were saying you can take it to whatever level. With the programs that are out now, it's it's so wide open you can you can know nothing and come up with cool things or you can know everything and come up with cool things like it it all depends on how much time you want to put into it uh a lot of these programs i'll jump into a new synth program or i'll uh, drum machines or I'll, i'll add something to a track where i've never used it before and i just dive in and something cool uh and interesting comes out of it that if I sat with something and I tried to figure it out, you know, it's, it, you can't be overly meticulous with, with the direction you're going with, with music because it's art, right? So it's basically like, what paintbrush do you have? What colors do you have? And the, not necessarily the more programs you have equals the more brushes and paint you have, but it, it just opens up doors and it can, it can be as easy or as difficult as you want it to be, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if, if you, if you have an idea, you're, you don't even have a main idea to a song yet. So you open up, you open up a, a synth program that has random rhythmic synths and you start messing around with different keys and different, uh, how long you're holding these to get the bup, 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 bup kind of a rhythmic thing going. And then you can build songs around that as well. Or you'll, you'll, you'll build something with a drum machine and it can it can have great drum samples or it can have really kind of low tech digital um, samples, but it it uh, sparks it, it sparks creativity. I find anyway, so I can I can sit down and have no idea, and an hour later I have a solid song that you know then you can take to to a next level even. I, I know a lot about the recording, but I don't know a ton about the engineering stuff yet. I'm still sort of learning that. But if I take 
like the songs that that we recorded here the last four when i go through and i try and mix them and and figure that out i i i have a i can make it sound okay but when you take that and you send it to uh an actual audio engineer that knows what he's doing and has all the extra toys that I don't have. He takes it to five different levels over, right? So it's 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 not like you have to finish off with a perfect product yourself. There's there's other ways to get it to that next level, but it's just it's uh it's a great starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe just like getting things initiated and started is like half the battle, or like probably like right. it's an eighty twenty. What's type gonna of thing. S- Exactly. What's going to spark your creativity? Yeah. It can be you sitting with an acoustic guitar and your buddy on uh, on some bongos, or it can be, you know, you with a, a synthesizer and a bass guitar and a drum machine and your buddy on a on a electric drum kit running drum samples. And it it's not necessarily um, musically correct all the time, but it comes out with something that sounds great. And I think that was was going back to Kid A, is that's kind of what they did. They they knew a lot about how to create these songs or how to create songs in general, but when you drop your instruments and you change up instruments from guitar to synth or you take your guitar and you run it through effects and processors and change things and twist knobs and you, you come up with an interesting product from that. And I can see both sides of the argument that you both present because I think that they both have merit. Um, But I think, too, that like from another side of it as well is to be able to, like I mentioned this, like Prophet 5 synth, to be able to access the sounds that the Prophet 5 synth had because you can't go out and buy a Prophet 5 synth because they don't make them in your area or they haven't made them since 1984 or whatever. Right. Like I kind of like that side too, where you can tap into something that like, Hey, make my keyboard sound like this, right? Like I want it to sound like that. And it feels like that capability again, unlocks things, right? Like to be able to have that sound that you want, then you can kind of run with it. So I, I, I guess that it's like a mix of both right using the technology but still creating something again totally different right like yeah, yeah. they're, they're yeah. all tools man they're all tools to to get your creativity and and you know art and what's in your 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 soul to to come out to share right so yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right it's good well said and i mean uh to finish off this this kind of album and every Radiohead album, uh, I think I've told Mike this before too. I cannot listen to any ending tracks on any Radiohead albums ever, and this is another one that I can't listen to. I can't listen to Motion Picture Soundtrack. I'm not sure what it is, but I've never been able to do it. But when I go really? back to every single. Radiohead uh, album. I can't listen to the last song. I can't listen to Street Spirit fade out. I can't listen to that really? song. That's um, one of my favorite yeah. songs that they've ever released. And it's, it's oh, one of those songs that anytime that I go somewhere and pick up an acoustic guitar, that's the first riff or the first song that I, I have to play just to, to feel the sound and to, you know, feel the acoustic. Right. 
That's kind of it's been my creeps. go-to for years. It's supposed to give you the creeps. That's the I know. That's the beauty of it, right? So and that video still freaks me out too. So that's part of it. Yeah, the whole <laughs> jumping backwards and everything's kind of in reverse. Yeah. And by the trailer, yeah, I love that. So good. Yeah, it just kind of creeps me out a little bit. Anyways, yeah. yeah so uh, thanks for letting me kind of dive a little bit deeper into this album because uh, it's a personal favorite I, I i again i kind of loved going back into this too and just listening to it again uh and then listening to it on vinyl and listening to it in those separate parts because uh it was kind of cool that way too so i i kind of want to listen to the other ones that i've got on the vinyl so i'm one of those suckers that buys the vinyl mm-hmm. even though i can go on to spotify but you know what i should say that i only do that for a, a few artists like i right. only have a couple the rest of the vinyl that i collect uh, and Dane, I don't know if you have a, do you have a Discogs like library? Uh, for my LPs? You, yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Like favorite or like? No, like did you, have you created like a Discogs, like a, like online library of everything that you have? Oh no. No, I just, uh, I got a box and I put my records in there and. oh how many do you have oh man uh i've had lots i've given away lots um yeah there would be you know i would go to markets and i would just pick up you know jazz records for like two euros and i would do that almost every week so i've got a lot a lot of, of stuff which isn't great but um also some stuff which is awesome and then you know from time to time i would spend money and and buy like uh, whatever, like a rancid record or, um, I've got, uh, um, arcade fire suburbs, uh, on vinyl, which is one of my favorites. It's awesome. So all sorts of stuff. And it's gotten me, like I said before, it's gotten me into bands that I never really gave a chance, like, you know, super Trump, whatever. But, you know, I picked up a couple albums, um, on vinyl and they're great. They sound awesome. Um, Steely yeah, Dan. we. I've uh, <laughs> Steely Dan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So See, I went. I went to full nerd one spring break, and I I uploaded all wow. of my vinyl to Discogs and just like found out about every one. And the majority of them were made in Canada and printed in Canada. So like there wasn't a like massive gems there. But yeah, anyways. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, uh, for me, it's not necessarily. I mean, the, the sound of a record is cool, and I appreciate it. But for me, it's more like the experience, like flipping it over to side B and like just, you know, having albums sort of like all over the place when you're when you're having a party or something like that. And just sort of like mm-hmm. taking a risk on something and pulling something out and, and chucking it on and turning it up. And it's just the experience for me that I, I really like about vinyl. But um, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe one day. <laughs> with, with all the time that you're going to have here coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You're like the one millionth person who's told me that. <laughs> <laughs> Doomed. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, this would definitely be an amazing thing to listen to on vinyl for sure. But at the same time, um, you know, something like this would sound amazing on really expensive headphones from a digital file yeah. and maybe it's probably best heard like that you know i yep. would think so too and it's it's one of those things where I'll, I'll listen to this album maybe once a year and it'll either be on 
on my uh, my high-end headphones or I'll run it through my through my computer interface into my uh, my my Yamaha HS8 uh, mixing monitors and and that just kind of expands everything and you hear all the little detail and and it's 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 very um, it's very immersive that way I find so you'll you'll just put it on and how I've got my my mixing monitors set up it's it's almost like a uh, it feels like you're in a, a surround bubble which is kind of yeah. cool so you pick up all the little nuances of it and Mike I remember you telling me like 20 years ago to like listen to this album with an expensive pair of headphones and just like mm-hmm. go in your room turn off the lights lay down on a bed and just like <laughs> experience the thing <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's really like that kind of album for me like uh and like i said i just that it brings me back to being on a plane and you if you've you know you know that feeling if you're flying at night you know it's kind of it's trippy it's trippier than <laughs> flying during the day right like at least it is for me you know and you're seeing different things out there and and the lights blinking and things going by and clouds and stuff and it's like it's a crazy album to throw on there and just yeah take you away kind of thing so so yeah. when you say it like that do you think this is something that anyone can digest cuz i'm just trying this is like it, to me it's it's something which is for a more mature kind of audience, I guess, or is this like a gateway I don't know. into I, like something different for a lot of people? I, you know what, I think you know, even people at work used to like make fun of me because they like thought I was a music snob, right? So I think that you know they would think that because they didn't listen to Radiohead or something like that, they didn't get it. You know what I mean? But like. I don't think it's like a higher thing or anything like that. I think it's just whether or not you connected with it. And I think that like the message that that album put out at age 20 for me fit with that, what what I was looking for at that time, I think. Um, And still does. It's, it's a still very like transferable album to 20 years later, Um, you know, especially in today's day and age. So you know, from that side of it. Yeah. But I mean, is there a lot of, you know, crazy musical elements that, you know, that music geeks will find and pick out? Like, yes, there is tons of that stuff, but you know, it's not saying that anything else is, is higher that you can't figure it out. You know, I think like Frank Zappa, I I did that, that what you're talking about vinyl day. And I, I just, I bought Frank Zappa on record. I'm like, I want to try this. I want to give this a go. Right. So I bought, like three zap albums and I gave me honest honest shake and I just couldn't I could I could respect the music side of it but the lyrics were just like I don't know what what are you don't saying man like it just snow. ruins everything yeah just <laughs> like do 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 you know just kind of you know I don't know and that, I just think of that kind of stuff but I don't know I just think that at the time for me it was just it hit home and it's still, you know, I, I think I really respected the band that could still change your instruments and still continue to produce, you know, amazing records, but at the same time still sell these records. And like I said, still be a headlining act, whatever, 30 years into their existence still to this day. Right. I mean, you can't say that for many of these bands, especially some of these bands from the nineties, right. That could, you know, get up on stage, you know, probably other than Pearl Jam, I don't know, you know, of many from that era that could just come up there and, and headline. So, 
yeah, that was a long answer to a short question, but. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just add, Again, add to that a little bit? Um, this yeah. uh, this album came out in 2000, right? This is when like yep, Limp yeah. Biscuit was like top of the charts. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 We were just singing that before we got on here. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the a lot of the punk pop punk and a lot of the the boy bands and when this album came out it still hit number 1 on most of the charts. Yeah. Which is which is wild to think. Well, you had to know that Radiohead was going to be coming out with an album in the year 2000. I mean, I think that that whole thing of the year 2000 and Radiohead, you know, kind of like fits together with the whole theme, right? It feels like a brand new, you know, start to all this. We just finished Y2K and here comes this album, right? And Y2K never happened. And here's the next phase, right? Like it feels like it was a little bit of that too. But also I I still think that when you look at the sales of that, that was before, before you could hear and sample anything on the internet. So yeah. when when Kid A came out, you had to buy the album. You had to buy it in some sort of hard copy form to even hear it. So for this album to come out at, at number one and being so um, such a left turn and so kind of obscure, you know, it, I, I just think that everybody expected another okay computer so so to to sell how many you know 300 plus thousand dollar albums in a week or whatever it is uh how many of those people expected a proper sequel to okay computer to carry on with that path that was so big or you know and then and then they were kind of tricked into kid a and most of them didn't get it you know how much how much of an angle was that yeah probably a lot right like surprise this is not what you expected yeah Yeah, and that's just a big giant kick in the nuts to the record company on purpose right i mean that's all that is you know it feels like but they always wanted to do what they were going to do so and then you got to respect them for that i think as musicians i i you know i I like that yeah definitely because you can't say that for a lot of acts no anyways thanks for the kid a talk that was good Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing it up as your your one of your top tens. Yeah, good one. Absolutely, good one. Yeah, thanks thanks for hearing me out on some of that stuff because I was diving deep in some of that electronic versus acoustic stuff. So yeah, yeah, it was good. All right, that's it for episode nine. Thanks for hanging out with us. Please subscribe and comment on our YouTube, like and share on Instagram at B Size and Beers Podcast. Follow on Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and share on Apple Podcasts. Pretty much every other streaming platform. Thanks a lot. Cheers.